Hey folks, Brian here. Before the actual show starts, I wanted to mention something. I don't actually mention this on the show until the very end, but I wanted to give you a fair warning. At the end of my conversation with Zach tonight, we have a little interview I did with Rob Williams and Philip Tan about Suicide Squad Rebirth number one, which comes out today, uh, August 3rd, and it's a nice chat. Rob gives a really nice tease at the end about the series, and he and Philip have some really insightful, nice things to say, so... Check that out after the show. And now, without any further ado, take it away, Art Brute. Recast. This is your weekly update on Rebirth titles. I am Brian. With me is Zach. We're short Vince tonight because Vince is on his honeymoon, and so couldn't couldn't find the time to uh, to talk comic books with us. So congratulations again, Vince. Hope you're enjoying New York City. And uh, yeah, let's let's get right into this. So we're gonna talk tonight about all the Rebirth books for this week, as well as. Where we're going to start, which is the two trailers that debuted at San Diego Comic-Con. The full Wonder Woman trailer and the teaser footage for Justice League. So where do you want to start, Zach? Do you want to start with Wonder Woman? Let's see Wonder Woman because that came out first. Yeah, and that's, and that's a fully formed trailer. That was cut yeah. together from the entirety of the film. Versus Justice League seems like it's just very much uh, a couple of scenes thrown together. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wonder Woman... Initial thoughts? Um, it seems interesting. It's uh, like I like the period aspect of it, mm-hmm. and it um it had a bit of humor to it, and Wonder Woman got like a few pretty good moments, especially that kind of like little zinger at the end of the trailer. Yeah. Um, but there's still like a lot of Snyderisms, like the slow motion fight scenes and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that sort of thing. So overall, I, I I don't want, I wouldn't say I was like totally blown away by the trailer, but I did enjoy it and I am pretty excited or pretty, I'm more optimistic for this film, I think, than, than any of the films that they've had thus far. Yeah. I won't disagree with any of that. Um, I definitely still think it is visually too dark and muted. Mm-hmm. It very much has that Snyder 300 coloration to it, and I hate that. Uh, that kind of bums me out. And I'm a little bit concerned that DC is so blatantly trying to do their own version of Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, it's... Yeah. It, it's all out there. Yeah, and I can just see now a couple of scenes of Steve Trevor as an old man, like, you know, pining over the fact that he's grown old, but Wonder Woman is still young, very much in the Peggy Carter mold, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just hope that they resist that a little bit. I know they won't, but I'm trying to be optimistic about that. Uh, because Wonder Woman isn't Captain America, for obvious right. reasons, and... I wish they would do more about her 
being antithetical to fighting. Like, you know, if you read enough Wonder Woman, you'll see that until the Azarello run, where she literally became the god of war, she was not one to start a fight, ever. You know, she's she was raised in a society where fighting was was wrong, and she fought because she had to, but not because she wanted to. And that could all still be in the film, but to me, it looks like she's far more interested in fighting. Yeah, which aren't they all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely like the connection is there, and I'm interested to see how many people call attention to that um, because it's just really low hanging fruit. But I do think it is a. I think it is a very interesting setting um, for the Wonder Woman movie. Wonder Woman movie more so than if they were like starting off in present day. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm optimistic. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. I um, I know people are very upset that part of the treatment was written by Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. but. I feel like that's just going to be par for the course for a while with these films. Yeah. That he's going to be involved in the plotting, if not the scripting phase of all of these movies. And uh, that's just the way it is. So, you know, let's just deal with it and move on, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it certainly doesn't make me less excited for the movie. This no, in the trailer. And, and I feel like the response online was pretty positive um, across the board, even from you know, segments that I, I think have been pretty burned by the DC films. So we'll see. It's it's nice to see that. I mean, I guess it, it, I say it's nice. It's it's funny to see that these these trailers can still engender so much goodwill and optimism. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but anything else you want to say about Wonder Woman before we uh, close it up? Wrap up? No, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I... I... I will say this too. I hope that there's more of a supporting cast than the trailer gives the impression of. Mm-hmm. But- well, I'm sure there will be like, you know, the whole, there will be like the Amazonian side. And then we've already seen, you know, Steve and Etta Candy. And mm-hmm. um, there's all those, the people in the photograph. Yeah. From, from BVS. Maybe yeah. that's going to kind of form like the, the brunt of the supporting cast maybe. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm optimistic though. Um, and then we also got a couple minutes worth of justice league footage. Right. Um, now granted this was very, very early on. It seems like it was all taken from the first, I don't know, excuse me, 30 minutes of the movie, maybe. Yeah. If not 20 minutes of the movie, perhaps, um, it involves, uh, Bruce Wayne, trying to recruit both Aquaman and uh, the Flash. We get a little bit of Cyborg in there, and we get a little bit of Bruce and Diana kind of flirting in the Batcave. Um, there's a couple of things to get into here, but overall, what did you think of the tone of the footage? Um, I was, I kind of... I, I think it was a pretty major tonal shift from BVS. Um, you know, I, I saw a lot of reactions saying that it still felt like really, you know, drab and, and lifeless and melancholy, which there, there's some of that there, but I, I do think that they like really doubled down and you could on, on the, 
you know, more humorous tone. And like, you could really see it in just like the character of, of Bruce Wayne, who is almost like a completely different character. I feel like yeah. than, than in BVS, you know, it's like totally different approach, which is, is fine. I mean, he's still kind of, you know, that really kind of dickish brooding Batman, but just a little bit more sarcastic, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there was just a lot more humor and, uh, you know, just like the bit with Aquaman, you know, downing downing his his drink and throwing it on the ground, and then the extended thing with Flash, um, which I want to talk about the Flash because I just I want to get your opinion on it. Um, I don't love the way that they're kind of like spinning him in this. I, all right, so so here's my Flash piece, okay. This Flash is far closer, and again, we have one scene here, so I, I'm I'm not making mm-hmm. any grand statement. The Flash that we see in this footage, not so much the BVS footage where he stops the robbery, but this footage seems to me to be as close, much closer to TV's Barry Allen than the comic book Barry Allen. If they're going to go this close to TV's Barry Allen, then why don't they just use TV's Barry Allen? I know we've said this before, um, but this is just that really struck with me. I don't. I also feel like Barry Allen is not a character who's known for being a loner. And exactly. So, and so to have him as this like friendless loser, that doesn't track with me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I I agree, and I you know I wonder if. You know, they're going to still keep his, you know, his backstory of being a, you know, a crime scene investigator and all of that. Um, not that, that, you know, the character has to be beholden to that, but it almost seems like they're creating a totally different character. And that, you know, why, why call him Barry Allen at that point, you know, other than just that's, that's the name of a flash. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess he could still be a CSI based on his um his just, apartment. Just it, a really uh like, Yeah, he, he almost seems just kind of like a I don't want to say like a shut in, but like a <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just he seems like somebody who is like really like into he almost seems like he might be like a Felicity type or something, you know, right, someone right. who is like really good with computers and not super great with social skills, and yeah, I don't know, just kind of like totally different take on Barry, I guess. And, and as you said, there is no rule book that says they can't do that. It just seems to right. me like if they're going to do the dark-haired, youthful, handsome Barry Allen. They've already spent like three years building up that character. Why wouldn't you just use mm-hmm. that one? But that's a whole, that's never going to happen. So let's just get off that. Oh, um, yeah. You know, the, uh, I, I, I thought that the Flash suit actually looked better than I thought it would. I don't think it looks great, but it looks better than I thought it would. The cyborg costume looked worse than I thought it would. Um, what else? What else? Um, 
thought yeah. uh, I saw a funny comparison. The Flash suit looks a lot like the new Power Ranger suits in the in the <laughs> yes film coming out next year. Yeah, it's almost like it's uncanny how similar they are. Um, the cyborg suit I thought looked really clunky, but I didn't hate it. Um, we didn't see a lot of it either. I really would be interested to see it like in motion more. Mm-hmm. Um, because we really only saw it in that one scene towards the end. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was. I was really surprised that we got the Justice League footage. It makes me wonder. It really felt like some major damage control, you know, like like we've got to get something out there as soon as possible to kind of get people on board with how this is going to be and start drumming up the hype now because of the, you know, the BBS backlash. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it seemed to me like this was... I think about it. BVS came out what March? Yeah. Right. So you know, this is the first opportunity that they probably had, just in terms of having enough footage to cut together anything. Uh, so this is the first opportunity they had to to make a change, to 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 do something outwardly to say, you know, yes, we are. We've heard what you're going to say. And we're going to change. I still don't think they're actually going to do that. I still think it's going to be closer in tone than we realize. And, you know, look, was the tone problematic for these films? Absolutely. But so was the script. So was the direction. So was the acting. I think correcting the tone doesn't necessarily correct all the problems. Yeah. I don't know. I am I am uh... slightly more optimistic for the film. Because I, I did like... Bruce, I didn't, I didn't hate Bruce in BVS, but I, I hated him less in this footage. I did. Yeah, I pretty much hated Bruce in BVS, but <laughs> I, yeah, I enjoyed him here. I thought he had like a good banter, good chemistry with Wonder Woman, and I really like the idea of them kind of like putting together the Justice League mm-hmm. in in light of superman not being around which i thought it was funny not or not funny but interesting that um the poster still has him on it that big the poster yeah. poster still has him on it like obviously he's you know he's gonna if i would be very surprised if he wasn't in the like third act of that film oh of course he is yeah i i don't think that i don't think they're gonna sit on it you know well you know i would think you know possibly if they are still doing the two-part thing i could see him coming back in the second one um just to you know draw out that you know the suspense there but i don't think they're going to do you think i had this thought recently do you think that them making that no longer be part two is that their excuse to fire snyder if need be like if justice (laughs) doesn't work out i think they're looking for literally any excuse to at this point so i feel like you know it's funny how Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you you first, please. I was going to say, well, we just got the news this week, you know, that Jeff Johns received another promotion. Right. Basically. Um, he's now, like, president and chief creative officer of DC Entertainment. Yeah. Which seems like a change in name only because I think Diane Nelson is still president. She is still a president, yes. 
yeah yeah so but they're kind of like you know he's he's kind of like being built up more and more as time goes on and you know you're almost just waiting on the other shoe to drop when you find out that like snyder has been you know given the boot eventually or right or something to that effect you know i don't even know who they're uh i don't know who the heir apparent would be i don't know yeah I don't know either. I mean, are, are they, they want it to be Affleck? I could see that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm wondering like how much they're going to fast track that John's Affleck movie, Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they like fast track that to be like a, well, I don't know how long it takes to make movies, yeah. but. I, I mean, would like, say 2019. Would, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, like early 2019, like early summer. Well, so uh, next year we're getting Wonder Woman and Justice Just- League? Yeah. Yeah, and then 2018, I think, was supposed to be the other Justice... No, there might no, have been... No, that was always 2019. That was supposed to be the Flash. It's it's Avengers that's doing them back-to-back, Yes, I think. yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be the Flash and uh, maybe Cyborg or Aquaman. No, it's the Flash and Aquaman. Those are the 2018 ones. Flash and Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Which I could see that still happening. And then there's an now in October 5th. There's an untitled DC Warner Brothers film for which year? 2018. 2018. Yeah, that might even be Batman if they could get it going fast enough. But yeah possibly i don't know you know i'm also i'm so thrown off by this because sometimes you hear like indie films you know being completed six months before release but then you you learn that you know star wars 8 just finished principal photography and it won't be out until december of 2017 right so you know it's it's hard to judge these things it is and it's you know maybe if they're with batman if they're taking it the way that we've heard you know that it's like a, a set entirely in arkham mm-hmm. maybe with a slightly more limited scope, it wouldn't be as hard to get that one out the door. Right. A lot more practical effects, a lot less, uh, you know, special effects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to say about these movies? Um, uh, do you watch the third Suicide Squad trailer? I didn't. <laughs> I, did, I, I did not either. I, I'm actually... Yeah, I'm on Blackout. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to remain as positive as possible with that movie. Uh-huh. I think it has a potential to be a lot of fun, but I think it's going to like this is one of those situations where I feel like DC is going to learn or Warner is going to learn all the wrong things from this movie. Kind of like how I think that Fox is learning all the wrong things from Deadpool. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so I uh I don't know. Did you see the the leak about the cameo? I, I heard there's I heard there's a cameo. I did not see who the cameo was. Okay. Do you want to know who the cameo was? Um, I might. Our listeners might not. Okay. All right. Well, we, we'll leave it. If you want to know out there, the information's out there. Yeah. And, and you can tweet at Zach and he'll let you know. Yeah. Um, at SirFox89. That's me. Uh, so, okay. That brings us into our comics of the week. 
so what we're going to do, we talked about this before we went on the air, for the four books that are continuing this week that are not number ones or rebirth issues, we're just going to go through and say if you're enjoying it the same more or less than last week. So let's just plow through these, buddy. Uh, Action Comics. Same yeah, more or less. About the same, you know, about the same. It's it's getting a little long in the tooth. I'm waiting on something to happen here. Do you know how long is this arc supposed to last? I haven't checked the solicit. Six recently. or eight. I think it's six. Eight, if it's eight issues. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think you're right because I think there's the the who is Clark Kent arc coming up pretty soon. Yes. So we can't have much more of this, but man, it's just. It's just dragging a little bit. I actually felt this one dragged less than last week, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Diana was in it. Well, I think the addition of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think that helped, but just in terms of like the story progressing. Yeah. Just uh, basically, you know, this issue, Doomsday found out that the John, John exists, exists and yeah. runs after him. That that's like the issue in a nutshell. Yeah. All right, I, I agree with you on that. Detective Comics, where we get uh, a cover of Batman in front of a Bat American flag for reasons I still don't quite understand. Um, um, America Army. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you think? Batman had a great day at Army. <laughs> um, yeah, this book, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. Uh, Martinez is still very good. Mm-hmm. And I thought the character work is getting a little is getting a little bit better. Yeah, a little a little bit more unique. Each each character's voice is starting to come through a little bit. Um, I'm terrified by the way that Martinez draws Clayface. How he has an outside mouth and an inside mouth. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did notice that. Yeah. Oh man, that is terrifying. It's like a shark. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought this was a, a fine issue. Yeah, I uh, my one comment is it's still there's a lot of just people downloading information to one another, lots and lots. Like like in this issue, uh, Kate's father just just basically does the whole supervillain thing where he tells you this whole plan. Yeah, and and I'm just sick of comics doing that. But overall, I agree, it's still still enjoyable. I hope that the next arc is less talky, but we shall see. Uh, that brings us to the Flash. I'm enjoying this just as much. I really like this. This is a good issue. I liked the um, the Star Labs aspect of it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, me too. I like the the new characters that they're kind of introducing. The the Star Labs scientist who has speed powers and mm-hmm. had an interesting, you know, new little bent where she could she could like track the speedsters. And then I really like the scene where. Barry kind of talked down the the girl who couldn't the stop. young girl yeah 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 so a lot of you know a lot of cool character moments um I think they're handling this this plot with the, with the new speedsters pretty well and um we got to see the new villain yep Godspeed mm-hmm. so yeah this was a this was a fine issue I'm still enjoying this yeah and finally Wonder Woman number three which is really the second part of the Lies story, mm-hmm. uh, drawn by Liam Sharp, written by Greg Rucka. Yeah, um, yeah. This pretty much, I think, cements it for me. I'm, 
I'm totally in on the year one issues, but mm-hmm. the the present day, uh, it's just not, it's just not really doing it for me. I think it looks really nice in parts, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm I'm with you that the story is not really grabbing me that much. Uh, I think that there are some interesting ideas in here, but it, this again to me is just. I I have this real problem. The older I get, the less I want my comic characters to be explaining things back and forth constantly. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that in this issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to still keep reading it because I like Sharp's artwork a lot and I like Greg Rucka as a writer. But so far, this is the least, the lesser of the two parts, for sure. I agree. Yeah. All right. That brings us to the Rebirth number ones and uh, just regular number one. So let's start with Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth number one. Written by Scott Lobdell, illustrated by Dexter Soy. This, even though it's the Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth, this is just the story of J- of Jason Todd's origin. Yeah, uh, there is there is no outlaws to speak found. of. Yeah, nope. Yeah, and um, I mean, it was a it was a fine enough retelling of Jason's origin, I guess. Um, the little bit of like new content that we got was okay, although like. Uh, pretty unnecessary um but yeah i it was better written than i expected but absolutely uh i don't know and i like dexter soy's art i thought he did yeah. a nice job with this me too me too um yeah i mean is again you know i think not to be like a broken record here but the rebirth issues are this one follows suit in terms of, you know, content, I think. But it was a lot better than I expected. So maybe this series will be okay. Yeah. I uh, I felt like there was a couple of super clunky moments. Like Jason at that bar. <laughs> like just, 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 just the, the calculus of how he would drink a beer through that hood. <laughs> <laughs> is is enough to to get me a little bit antsy, but you know, and just the guy being like, "You call yourself the Red Hood? Do you know the Joker used to do that? Like, of course he knows that. That's why he calls himself that." It was just it's really really dumb. Um, yeah. but somebody pointed out to me on Twitter that this is the first time we've had Jason's origin in the New Fifty Two, beyond like him just kind of in voiceover narration in previous Red Hood and the Outlaws issues. And so I guess for that purpose, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with this issue. This was probably the best Scott LaBelle comic I've read in a decade. I, I would agree with that. Um, and yeah, it, it is interesting. I wasn't sure if that was the case just because I haven't been reading any Red Hood books, really, to speak of. Um, but it is interesting that it's pretty much like beat for beat, his pre-Flashpoint yeah. story. Um, just with a few like new fifty two elements mixed in, yeah. Um, which like I'm scratching my head, like where does this fit in in the five years? <laughs> Where's well, Dick right now? Yeah. Um, how, does this all this his whole story take place in like the span of three months? But yeah, it was fine. Um, I was a little bummed that we didn't get any like uh, Bizarro or Artemis. Artemis. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, that'll come. Yeah, and I'll also say that I love, and this is not a Lobdell thing, but I love Jason's uh, red domino mask for the mm-hmm. Robin costume. I think that's a nice 
differentiation between him and uh, and Dick's costume. So overall, I, I like I like Jason's costume here. You yeah. know, it was fine. Um, I don't know if this did anything to me in terms of exciting me for buying the book, mm-hmm. but it certainly made reading next month's number one a more appealing proposition. Mm-hmm. One thing you know that I did like um, is the the kind of like tangential allusion to what's going on in Nightwing or and what's been going on in Grayson where you know there's the conversation between Jason and and Bruce about being you know kind of like an undercover agent and how that's you know what Dick is off doing and you know Jason's like well why can't I do that too and Bruce is like well because you have the tendency to go too far I thought that was like a both like a good use of continuity between the bad books and like a pretty real character moment between the two yeah, of them. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So, good job. Yeah. Good job, Lib- Scott Lobdell. Uh, I want to see who's the group editor on this book. Um, doesn't say. But the bad books, you know, con- consistently are always pretty well edited, so that's not a huge surprise. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, background number one, uh, Batgirl did not get her own rebirth issue because that was kind of included in the background, the Birds of Prey rebirth. Um, but this is written by Hope Larson, illustrated by Raphael Albuquerque. And uh, it starts off with um, uh, Babs going to uh, Japan. And I thought it was a pretty fun issue. Yeah, I really like this. Um, you know, I think coming off of the... Burnside arc and Mm -hmm. and, you know that that's a pretty tough act to follow I think not even just in terms of like not even speaking to its quality but just in terms of the amount of attention it got and how much it kind of shook things up and how in some ways rebirth is a direct result of it right exactly yeah exactly so like that is kind of a tough act to follow and I think you know in some ways it I don't know if it could ever match that just because it, it, the whole, the whole bad girl thing was like, yeah, exactly. You know, DCU and rebirth is kind of built on just that, the idea. So, you know, it's more, it was more than just a, a, a book. It was kind of an idea, a tone, um, a vision, but this is still, I think very good. You know, Raphael Albuquerque's art is fantastic. Yes, it is. Um, I think he's a wonderful match for this. And, um, I thought Hope Larson did a really good job with getting Barbara's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I really liked the character interactions between her and her her friend, and yeah, I just thought this was a really fun issue. I love Fruit Bat. That was yes, <laughs> that was awesome. That was super fun. Um, I will say, you know, it's funny we're talking about superhero comics, and so suspension of disbelief shouldn't come into it. But like Barbara running into an old friend in a hostel in Japan, <laughs> that just kind of sets off my bullshit detector a little bit. Even though, again, this is about you know there's like a hundred year old superheroine in this issue, and <laughs> I don't care about that. But I care about them running into each other in a hostel or whatever. But but I thought Albuquerque's art worked really well with Larson's script. I thought I'll also have I'll take a quibble that if someone's really into craft beer, they're going with something hoppier, not darker. But that's again another another stupid quibble. Uh, <laughs> Overall, I thought it was a really fun issue. I definitely enjoyed it. I look forward to see where it's going from here. Um, I will say this. I will say that with all of the... With with Detective Comics being so rooted in Gotham and Batman 
being so written in Gotham, it's nice to see some of these other Bat books take place elsewhere. I agree. There's a whole world to deal with. Um, so yeah, I liked it. Um, we I guess we didn't do this for Red Hood. Let's quickly do it for Red Hood. Uh, pulp Pirate okay. and Pulp. You know what? I'm going to pirate it. So am I. I had never thought I'd say that. Nope. That's a true surprise. Batgirl, Pulp Pirate or Pulp? Um, I'm I'm going to pull this for right now. Me too. Yeah, I have no reason not to. Mm-hmm. I might in the future. I have no reason not to right now. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number one, written by Rob Venditti, illustrated by Rafa Sandoval. Um, I thought this was an improvement from the Rebirth issue, but you liked the Rebirth issue more than Vince and I did. Yeah. So, so I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Well, I also thought it was an improvement. Okay. Um, I really liked this. I thought the art was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like Sandoval's stuff. Uh-huh. With and I think it was a uh, Tom Tamu Tamu More on colors mm-hmm. who I, I I really like his stuff. Yeah. Um and yeah, I mean it was kind of a lot of the same character beats. You know, as with the rebirth issue, but I think the context was a little better, if that makes sense. Yeah, this to me reads maybe most of all like a book that didn't need the rebirth issue. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I I agree. At all. Yeah. Because, you know, we pretty much get the same ideas, you know, Green, Hal Jordan, he's a, you know, super cool Green Lantern guy. He's the last one right now, and Sinestro is old and doing some stuff, and we pretty much get that again, but... Yeah, but but we get no more explanation as to why he's old. I know, um, other than, like, a few allusions to just, like, whatever has he's been doing has taken the toll, right. taken the toll on him, which I'm sure that, you know, there's a bit of... You know, you get the you get the feeling that there's a story in between here waiting to be told, which I I guess some of that, especially when, in terms of like the Green Lantern Corps, is going to tie into the the stuff that was happening in the 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 miniseries, the, the Lost the, uh, Army. Yeah, yeah, which I think is kind of weird, just because I don't know. I didn't read those, and I I don't feel like they got talked about a lot. Um. It was one of those things where Ethan Van Skyver was announced as the artist, and then he pulled out halfway through to do Rebirth stuff. Yeah. So well, I feel like also, lost yeah. a lot of momentum from that. Right. Well, and it, and it was like two miniseries. The first one was written by Colin Vaughn, and then the second one was... Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor. I think? Yeah. 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 So, you know, just a weird um, kind of like little side note for like the, the new 52 Green Lantern books. Yeah, they they all just kind of like got. It was kind of a mess during like the DCU. Oh, absolutely. Bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, they they crashed and burned. Yeah. <laughs> and after having such sustained success for years before then, mm-hmm. uh, it made it I think especially notable. Yeah. Um. But yeah. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. This... Pull pirate or pulp? What do you think? I'm gonna pull this. I'm gonna pirate it. But I'm leaning more towards pulping it, just just because I feel like <sighs> this is not doing what I want my Green Lantern book to do. It That's might it might be okay, but it's not what I'm you know hoping for. So I'm I'm pulling it one um, for not 
so good reason. I want to read a Green Lantern book, and this is the better of the two. Um, that remains to be seen, but we'll see. Oh, no, no, no. It does not remain to be seen. <laughs> There's no way that this book will not be better than the other one. At this, I, no, no. Um, but also, I think, well, no, I think on all, I think this is the objectively better Green Lantern book. Wow. Both from a writing and artistic standpoint. I just don't know yet. Green Lantern's number three was the worst comic I've ever read. <laughs> that can't be true. It literally makes me rage. We we read all of Villains Month. Nope. It's just as bad as Justice League Dark 23.1 and 2. That's a statement. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, Nightwing number one. Tim Seeley. Uh, who does the art for this one? It's um, Javi. Javi Fernandez, yeah. Fernandez, yeah. I love this issue. Yeah, it was really good. Except, so one thing, yeah. you know, I, I read this digitally. Okay. In the middle, did it feel like there were some pages that were out of order? Did you notice that? Or was that just me? There's like a bit in the middle where when he's meeting with Barbara on the bridge, uh-huh. and then there's a page in between their conversation where it just like jumps to him in Russia and he like it's just like a single page that seems like it's out of oh maybe maybe sequence. maybe yours is put together incorrectly then because mine it finishes the scene with barbara then it goes to moscow okay maybe that's the case i'll that's have to check that weird. out later actually to see. okay did you read it in print i or... read it in print yeah okay so i'm wondering if maybe the the one that's up on comiXology there's a there's an error because that's kind of what i figured it was but i wasn't sure mm-hmm. okay um but yeah otherwise this is great this is um this this is this book is living up to the name of its first arc yeah Yeah. i love the dick and barbara stuff oh me too i loved it i even liked you know it's it's interesting um in this bruce felt the most like tom king's bruce that he has in Rebirth, but not nearly to the dickish extents. Mm-hmm. Like, it seemed to fit more of that pattern, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'll just, I'll always appreciate Seeley so much for keeping, like, the the Morrison um, components alive. You know, yep. just the, the Batman Inc. reference. And that, the, that's interesting, yes. And the, you know, the Dick and Damien relationship. Um, is Batman Inc. I mean, obviously it's still canon, but are they existing out there someplace? Do we no, know it, that? It, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. We. I don't know. We haven't seen those characters in a really long time. We saw. We saw some of them in Batman Eternal. Yeah, we saw the Batman of Japan, and we saw um, El Gaucho. Uh huh. Well, I think that's it, right? I think so, yeah. You know, we still we haven't seen um, Knight in a really long time. Isn't Knight dead, but Squire's still alive? Well, yeah, Squire became the new Knight. Oh, least. yes, 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 yes. See, but... that's that would be my DC Rebirth book I'd want to see. Oh, I know. It would just uh, you could do it either as a series of one shots or like three books at a time, uh, three stories in an, in a book. Mm-hmm. you know well, and you know kind of like you mentioned like this 
this book and Batgirl seem to be the ones that are going to be like globe trotting a bit more. So maybe we'll get to see some of those characters popping up. Maybe, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be real nice. But um, but yeah, I, this book's really good. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see that this Raptor character <laughs> seems really um, abrasive and yes. unlikable. Um, so I'm interested to see where they where Celie goes with that. Celie likes pairing him with like super alpha males. Uh, so yeah. that's that's an interesting thing. Um, I am pulling this all day. Oh yeah, this is um this is one of the better books. I think this one has wiggled its way up into my top three. Yeah. Um, which are we? Is this the end of the month? Is this yeah, the it is. Yeah. So maybe we at the end we should do our our list again. Did we rank them all last time? I think we just did like our top ten. Okay, I would even say. See, okay, we'll debate this in a second. Let's finish talking about the books first. Uh, yeah. Titans number one, Dan Abnett, Brett Booth. This book frustrated me a lot, Zach. I I thought it was perfectly crumpulent. Um, <laughs> it I had mean, it had the pitfalls of you know exposition and yeah. What what were your thoughts? My thoughts was that again, this a lot of the stuff we see here we saw in the rebirth issue. So uh-huh. there, there's that part of it. Um I don't mind uh Linda being a more serious part of the book. I think that's a good thing. I think this book doesn't understand if it's a Titans book or a Wally West book. A little bit um which I, i'm fine with it being both it's just i don't know i yeah i think this first arc is very much a wally west book yeah and i'm i would expect that it's gonna branch out after that but right now this is very much like this is wally west in the in the titans bunch yeah um you know i didn't like a lot of the art in this book for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, I, I think that Brett Booth's style just does not fit these characters very well. But that's that's probably just my own gripe. I didn't like how everybody kept referring to each other by their last names. That oh, was, you... was very distracting to oh, me. That's how best friends talk, you know? <laughs> I call you I just call you Salvatore when we that, talk. That is true, you do. <laughs> Yo, Sal. Yo, Wilkie. <laughs> Like, you know this this just doesn't happen so like i i felt that was a little bit silly um as, also, a, as a tall person i really like that brett booth draws everyone very tall <laughs> how tall are you uh six five are you really holy shit i had no idea yeah oh man you're gonna tower over me and vince when we get together <laughs> i'm a solid six foot but six five my goodness wow giant man over here um <laughs> You know, I I just feel like with this book, essentially, and part of this is because I love these characters so much, I just feel like these are the basest versions of these characters, and there's not a ton of depth there, and that's okay, I guess, for, like, Dick, because Dick has, Dick has a whole book to be better Dick Grayson in, but for the rest of these characters, where this is their only book, I wish they were a little bit more developed. Yeah. Which, you know, I still, I hope that we get that. Yeah. Actually, this is just a, it's kind of a weird book. Um, 
the whole, the the abracadabra reveal I thought was really strange. Um, just that, I mean, it's one thing to forget who you are, but to forget who you are and have like a completely different body. I'm sorry, say that one more time. Oh, I, I said to like forget who you are is like one thing, but like to to have amnesia that that changes your body type. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Which I'm sure that you know that's part of the story. Um, I, we'll get some of that. But did you see the solicit that released today? They they changed the solicit for issue two. Yeah, but I I, I saw they changed it, but I didn't, I didn't read it yet. What what did they change it to say? So well, I guess basically they changed it to like include the abracadabra reveal, and apparently the next issue he's going to create doppelgangers of the Titans. I did see that actually. Fight. Yes, okay. Um, which. You know, it's just such like a overused story idea yeah. in superhero comics. Um, I don't know. We'll see. You're not wrong about that. You know, um, like I said, I, I just, it's interesting. I feel like for a lot of these books, there's no real good reason for it to be twice a month. Like Batman and Detective could each run once a month. And you'd still be getting two Batman books a month and Batman's Injustice League and all this other stuff. This cast, I feel like, has been so underused the last decade. This is a book that could could be coming out twice a month and there'd be enough to sustain it story-wise. Oh, yeah. This would be a great book to use the Wonder Woman approach, you know, of like yeah. a present day and a past day. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I think that also bums me out. I was thinking about this today, actually. How I was rereading a few things before we chatted, and I was thinking that it's a um, it's really weird to me that my reading habits have already shifted to the twice a month. Like, yeah, I, I feel like when I'm reading some of these books, it makes I'm like, oh, I haven't checked in with action in a while. Oh, this week's action, and it was just a week and a half ago I was reading it last time. You know, I feel like that has changed quite a bit for me mm -hmm. at least, and I yeah, wonder. Yeah, it's really weird when you have a book like this that's only once a month and it's like, man, it's been a long time since I read this book. And that's how I felt when we were doing the three DC weeklies at the same time, that every book that wasn't the weekly felt like it had been so long between reading it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, did you hear that Abracadabra is the rumored big bad for this season of The Flash? No. Yeah. I saw Dr. Alchemy was... Yeah, supposedly Abracadabra might be one of the ones too. Okay, and then an oh, unnamed speedster. Yeah, and an unnamed speedster. Lots of interesting characters. Uh, there's a tangent, but did you see Ragman and I did. Arrow? Yeah, man, they're digging deep. I love it. Ragman, Vigilante, and Wild, uh, Wild Dog. Wild Dog, yeah, yeah. It's big it's time, so. man. Yeah, and who is the villain? Oh, Prometheus. Yes. But it's supposed to be a, a very different take. Yes. Well, unless Roy has a kid sometime soon, they're going to have to do it differently. So <laughs> if they do that, I'm walking away. Oh, no. I actually think it would make the show interesting. <laughs> well, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Uh, I'm, I'm pirating this. I want to pull it, but I just can't. Yeah, same. Um, this book is like... Has, I don't know. This book, I want to like this book so much, you know, because of the, the characters involved. And it's also just like that that continuity book that 
I just love stuff like that. But but yeah, right now it's just it's kind of I won't say it's like our worst fears realized, but no, it could be much worse. Yeah, it, it could be way worse, but it is falling into a lot of the pitfalls I think we kind of expected. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so here's my caveat with doing our favorite books of the month, or our top ten, rather. I don't think it's fair to count books we've just had a rebirth issue from. So I feel like if we're going to do a top five, we should do top five books that we have at least two issues, a rebirth issue and a number one for. Does that sound fair? That sounds fair. Okay. Do you have your, your five ready to go? I think I'm going to say Superman. Uh, definitely Superman number one. Flash and Nightwing are really close. They're like neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd have those two as two and three somewhere. I'm not sure which one I'd give the edge to. Then I'm going to say... Um, I don't know, last last month, so I guess last month I was pretty high on Green Arrow. I think that has taken a, a dive this month. Not like a huge dive, but I wouldn't say it's in my top five. I understand that. I'm going to put... Uh, now I need a list of the books. <laughs> you two years, <laughs> I'm going to look and see. Okay. Superman number one, The Flash number two, Aquaman number three, Nightwing number four, and... I don't feel strongly enough about one other book to make a number five. There's a couple that are bubbling under there. Mm-hmm. But my top four, those are pretty solid. And I might even swap Aquaman and Nightwing eventually. Let's see. I think I would put... Yeah, I'm going to stick with those three that I've got. And then I'm going to say Aquaman number four. And then I'm going to say... Maybe I'll say Detective number five? And I don't love Detective, but... Actually, you know what? I kind of... Mm, I am kind of liking Detective. I like it. I don't love it. I'm going to say Detective number four, and then I'm going to say Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns number five. Over Aquaman. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Man, you, sir, are high. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I... I I just, I mean, I'm liking Aquaman, but I, it's, I mean, there's been some okay stuff, but it hasn't, it hasn't just won me over yet. And see, I, I can't, I can't even begin to pretend that Hal Jordan interests me at this point. So, and I think it's, and I think it's also artistically, um, well, it's been it's, inconsistent. It's, it's, it's been, been inconsistent yeah. and it's, and it's not stuck with me in that way. Um, so yeah. Well, that's fair. And I'm basically, I'm really, I mean, the Hal Jordan nod is a, it's basically just me being. <laughs> Difficult? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it's going to be, I hope that book gets better. I, here's, here's my thing, right? There are very few artists and creators, artists and writers that survived the Rebirth Purge. Mm-hmm. to wind up on their same characters. No, it's it's true. And Vendita is one that I didn't want. Right, and he did. <laughs> and he did. But, you know, I'm just flipping through it right now, and the art really does look good. I I don't guess I'm very familiar with Sandoval. 
I actually, for the longest time, was getting him mixed up with um, the. Uh, there's another Sandoval who I think most recently was doing New Avengers with Al Ewing. Okay. And I really don't care for his art. Um, and I was getting the two artists confused. Um, but but Rafa Sandoval, I, I actually really enjoyed his work here. I thought he had some particularly good pages. He did um, a bunch of Catwoman stuff. He did uh, mm -hmm. 11 issues on Exo Manowar. Oh, okay. So there's the Venditti connection. Yes, exactly. And he did some... Um, some red hood it looks like as well okay um and just i you know i don't know we'll see i'm we'll see because i did enjoy like parts of venditti's run especially towards the beginning um, in the beginning so i, I think it just felt it, it felt fresh because it wasn't john's mm -hmm. but yeah we'll see I'm we shall see for five i i'm really interested to see if and when the two green lantern books come together Oh, uh, let's hope not. Let's hope they keep them <laughs> as far apart as possible. No crossovers, please. <laughs> well, Zach, that wraps it up for tonight. Uh, congrats again to Vince. Enjoy your honeymoon, pal. Um, if folks want to follow us on Twitter, we were to give out your Twitter handle earlier. Uh, I am at Brian Needs a Nap. You are at SirFox89. Uh, talk to us about comics and other things. Um, video games for Zach. Uh, the Mets for me, I guess. Um, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm soliciting Twitter conversations for either of us, but that's okay. Um, we will be back <laughs> next week with another DC three cast. Stay tuned right now for a special bonus interview with um the creative team behind Suicide Squad Rebirth number one, Mr. Rob Williams and Mr. Philip Tan. So have a good night, guys. Thanks. Bye. Rob, I want to start with you for a second here. Um, Suicide Squad is an idea that, for some reason, I don't know if this is reality or just my warped perception, seems very American to me. It seems like, you know, obviously there are covert ops all over the world, but this concept seems particularly American to me. As a uh, as somebody who's not from here, do you find there's a, a sort of a, a disconnect between the concepts of Suicide Squad? Do you have to like do some real mental jujitsu to get in the headspace of this, or did the concept come to you, you know, pretty easily? So, so what you're saying is you want me out, Brian? <laughs> pretty, <laughs> you're angling to get me fired from a book for not being an American yet. No, it's um, it's it's fine. It's uh, I, fortunately, I guess I, I'm a, I'm a truly horrible person, so uh, I I I could I find that it's no problem writing a team of supervillains. Uh, I I know what you're saying. I mean, I think it does go back. You know, they're an American-sanctioned. Um, uh, group, they're a government-sanctioned group, as as you see in in the rebirth issue, where where we sort of introduce Waller, sort of uh, you know needing to get the backing of um, the president of the United States. Um, but um, yeah, and if you go back to sort of like the original sort of um, sort of movie touchstones for this, you know, you go back to of course the Dirty Dozen, which is um, you know where where Suicide Squad I guess comes from, and then you know Peck and Paw movies I think you know, that's what what I was thinking going in you know this, this should really be a Peck and Paw movie in the DC universe which are all sort of classic american um uh iconography but um but no I mean it's um you know I in the past I mean I I'm sort of fascinated by sort of american politics my first ever comic book was Class War which was all based around american politics and superheroes and um 
Uh, yeah, I've, I've I've written enough American characters over the years to sort of I I, I think um, I, I I sort of I, I like to think I've got a grasp of, of the language and and sort of you know the the mindset to a degree. So um, no, that that really didn't seem like a struggle. And and Boomerang's in there as well. Captain Boomerang's Australian as well. So so <laughs> you know we're an equal opportunities offender. We're not just uh, we're going after different nations. Yeah. <laughs> So the funny thing is that I think um, if we don't, if we kind of really look at the whole world, you know, a lot of the a lot of these um, third world countries. I mean, I grew up in the Philippines. I actually was born and raised there. A lot of the countries in the in you know, the third world countries, they're they're very much the same. It's just that their government weren't or the the powers that are putting these bad people together aren't really making them do good um, and having them being disposable. They're really just having them do bad things for their own. You know, um, and, and blackmailing a, a lot of these bad people too. So, so you know, it's it's actually pretty common I mean, across you know around the around the world. <laughs> Phil, I actually wanted to bring up something with you now. Uh, you are, you know, you're you're sharing art duties on the book with Jim Lee, which is a pretty you know cool thing to be able to say. But you know, uh, when you are and working, scary. what was that? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I just said, and scary. Didn't mean to cut oh. you off. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, the, uh, you shouldn't be. Your, your work is terrific. But the, uh, when you're going into to sort of looking at the book visually, when you're plotting things out, is there any part of you that's thinking, okay, I want to be doing things that Jim will be able to piggyback off of? Are you looking to his work for inspiration on your own? Like, how do you, or do you just go into it saying, you know, I, these are my pages and I'm going to do them my own way? You know, so how do you sort of approach sharing the art on the book with with another artist i i think you know knowing that you're working with jim lee and you know you're you're working with one of the the best artists in comic book history you know um aside from the fact that he's a big hero of mine you you really you really well at least for myself i really go in and, and approach it as if if this is jim's page how would have he approach it how would that be handled the pages i mean not saying that you have to give up a lot of your own sensibilities but it's it's more like for 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 stories to flow from from book to book and for for in, for visuals to flow from book to book to for it to be a little smoothless for for the readers to take it in you know you you can't avoid studying and and under, and trying to understand and trying to 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 get influenced by but you know, you, you know, we let's face it, it. Jim is the main artist in this book. You know, he is Jim Lee. You know, he is he's one of the best artists who has ever drawn comic book, um, and 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 that's how I that that's I, I think that was a goal I set for myself, and then I think that's how you approach it um, for for the project to, to 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 be successful, and hopefully it will be. Yeah. Um... When you guys are coming into this book, you know, Suicide Squad ha has a very long you know, history at DC. And even, you know, since the start of the New 52, there's been a number of different Suicide Squad incarnations. There's now a movie coming out. You know, what were some of the uh, what were some of your the past versions that you guys drew inspiration from? Was there a particular run or a particular creators run on the title that you felt was, you know, indicative of the type of stories you wanted to tell? I think it was going back to the core, really. It was going back to the John Ostrand, uh, Luke McDowell um, initial run. Um, uh, sort of, you know, when, when I was offered the gig, I sort of went back and, and read the first couple of trades, and, um, and uh, which is very much within, within the tone of, um, uh, of DC's whole rebirth line. It's kind of going back to core concepts. You know, uh, we needed to establish again for a 
for for an audience who these characters are and who you know the concept of the Suicide Squad and, and uh, Squad and Amanda Waller. And and you know the Estranda run, it did some very ahead of its time things. It was just um, uh, it, it went really surprising places. Only a couple of weeks back, I read um, the Deadshot miniseries that he did, which is just one of the most brutal comics I've ever read in my life. I think I couldn't believe that um, some of the things that they allowed to, to go in that in that book. Um, so um, uh, yeah, I mean it was it was very much going back to core concepts and. Um, uh, you know, and and you know, our book I think is is a res- respectful nod to that. And and they obviously w- went that way with the movie. I mean, you saw from the trailers, but the trailers were very um uh, had a, had an influence on us as well because the trailers just seemed to condense the core concept, but also the tone of the trailers, which was fun and and vibrant and not navel gazing at all. It was just you know they, they knew what they were doing when they chose the music. You know, in those trailers, it's. It, it should be a blast. And in fact, through my first arc, as, as, as a kind of way of keeping me on the straight and narrow, every issue is titled after a Ramon song because I was, I was, <laughs> this, needed, this needed to be anarchic. This needed to be sort of punk. It didn't, it, you know, it didn't need to be, it had to be high paced and people getting over, hit over heads with mallets occasionally, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, all these things are touchstones. Philip, what about for you? Was there anybody visually that you, uh, you really enjoyed their prior work on Suicide Squad? No, I, I, I think before before I got on this project, I, I actually was, haven't really, um, you know, read or 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 was was introduced to the to the to the concept in the book at all. And and it wasn't until this one where I started doing research and you know going back into a lot of the uh, you know like the classic runs and, and stuff like that. But you know a lot of the characters. But you know these are very familiar characters for me. You know, a lot of them are, are characters I enjoy. You know either from their own books or from other team books or from, you know, showing up in 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 the books of the the superhero they they they, they fought and 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 that's actually what's making it a lot more interesting for for myself. You know, approaching them and and, and trying to picture them and trying to draw them in situations where they're actually not um, the the antagonist of the of the story I'm drawing and and, and that's. That's very fun, you know. And but but to answer your question, you know, I know I I I I have not until I got on this project. You know, my my familiarity with a lot of these characters came from their own individual like books or 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 storylines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because my, my wife is not really a comics reader. I, I've been trying to convert her for. Nearly 20 years, hasn't been working that well just yet. But one of these days, I'm confident it'll happen. And, you know, she saw the trailer for Suicide Squad, and she goes, oh, that's a really cool concept. And I started to think about how this is a book that I think has real potential to bring in non-comics readers. You know, people who are maybe casual readers or not super committed to going to the shop every month and picking up their books. Is there any pressure on your end to try and put together... A, a book that, because of the movie, because of the of the kind of you know different concept, that is more approachable to somebody who hasn't always been a reader. And if so, how do you do that without alienating folks like me who have been reading comics since they could hold the piece of paper in their hands? Um, yeah, I mean, I was at LAX and uh, on where was I the, last week, and um, you know, Suicide Squad graphic novels were one of the more prominent comics in in the bookshop, um, uh, and yeah, you you are aware that this is an opportunity, and and um, 
the the movie coming out. I mean, all the word, all the buzz on the movie is great. Um, people are going to go and see it, so people are hopefully going to pick up this comic book. Um, but I think it, I think it does because maybe maybe certain people are put off by sort of you know see superheroes as being you know goodish you know too goody two shoes and they don't want to read that type of stuff. Well, these guys aren't superheroes; they're super villains. They're 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 um, the worst of the worst. They're they're sort of um, uh, and and they're sort of put into this prepackaged concept, this fantastic concept where they've got brain bombs in their heads and sent on suicide missions against their will. Uh, you know, who wouldn't want to see that? I mean, it's kind of like the dirty dozen. It's it's you know it's 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 uh, it's, it's an action movie on the page, and it sh- you know should be. Um, in uh, in terms of sort of um, not offending, you know, putting off old comic readers. I don't think we can worry about that. We just got to try and tell the best story we possibly can, and and you know, the chips will fall where they may, really. Yeah, I think the um the whole situation actually uh, will, will just play out in in bringing a lot of the casual fans into at least checking the book out and realizing that hey, you know, I I can relate to this much more. You know, I I think we can relate to the bad sides in, in, in each and every one of us trying to, you know, do good or try just trying to live the, our life our way. And, 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 and in many ways, I think the, the Suicide Squad is, is a lot more down to earth and a lot more relatable to the Justice League or any other superhero, uh, you know, the good guys book. And, 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 and just because, just because I, I think the villains actually, you know, uh, speaks for, 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 for the, for the readers, uh, you know, a lot, a lot easier than than that us being able to say, oh, I can, to- I totally understand, you know, um, leaving a a exploding planet and and coming to a, a world with all these powers, you know. So it's it's interesting because you know Rebirth has been getting a lot of these characters back to to their core, to what what sort of the essential elements of the book or the characters are. And you know, with Suicide Squad, obviously these are villains, but they're doing acts that aren't necessarily villainous. You know, they're antiheroes, and antiheroes are sort of a very popular concept in in comics and just in media in general right now. So, how do you guys? What's what's your take on these antiheroes? Why are these guys interesting? What sets them apart from so many of the other books that we see out there that have you know uh, similarly despicable people doing similarly despicable things? Well, before Rob starts, um, I would warn you that I don't think they, you know, just, you know, villains doing anti-hero stuff. You know, I, I, I think Rob did an amazing job in, you know, when the readers read them, they're not the, 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 the things. I mean, even anti-heroes still doesn't go as far as what, what the, you know, the, our guys are, are going to do and, and, and might be doing. So, Rob? <laughs> um. Yeah, well, makes them stand up more than others. I mean, I don't know. These are these are fun, tragic characters. They sort of, yeah. You know, the trick is, I guess, to find the humanity in them and not just write them as as ciphers or um, or sort of like supervillain cliches. I mean, well, one thing that the yeah. personnel files allow us to do is um, is delve into their backgrounds, and you're going to see sort of some of the key moments from their from their past, which which set them on the road they're on, and. And if we, you know, if we, you know, I, I really love shows like The Sopranos and, and Boardwalk Empire and, 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 and these shows where, you you know, you, they make you root for the bad guy. And, and, and just as you start to root for the bad guy, they do something horrendous and, and sort of, you know, and I think that's a very human human thing. You know, we've all got that in us. None of us are entirely good. None of us Absolutely. are entirely evil. We're all capable of, um, 
of both at a, at a moment's notice, but but maybe just um, not with razor-sharp boomerangs that cut off people's hands and come back to them, uh, which is the difference with the Suicide Squad. But, um, yeah, and they're just a really fun cast. They're very vibrant, They, they and uh, their voices pop off a page, and... Um, and visually as well, they look terrific together, and um, and that's that's sort of a work that Philip and, and Jim are doing. So um, yeah, I, I I I don't know. I mean, they they seem to stand out. We'll see if people agree. All right, last question for for both you guys. Uh, who is the uh, the DC Universe villain that you would love to find a way to sneak into the Suicide Squad? Well, Ooh. I have a lot. <laughs> but I think Rob, Rob, I mean, I mean, you have to say yes if you you, you and Ettore already have this in mind. Um, okay. Well, there's there's a lot, you know. I, I I love I love my Mr. Freeze and Penguins and all these other you know, uh, um, you know, amazing uh, rogues. And but um, I think I love Black Adam. That'd be pretty cool. I would love to see Black. I would love to see well, Black Adam. The, the kind of cool thing about this kind of question is, is it's pretty much what effectively kind of what you get asked when you get offered this job. And so <laughs> I, I, I did suggest someone who, who is, who has never been in the suicide squad before and hopefully is completely left field and people won't expect. And, and they are going to be in the suicide squad. So I'm not, I'm not going to answer this question because if you issue, uh, read um, Jim's issue two, um, then you will you will find the answer, but it's um, it's someone I don't know. I ne- I never would have thought. You know, I'd, hopefully we'll we'll it'll be like smacking readers over the head with a wet fish, and they'll be completely stunned. And um, uh, and then that character is a huge amount of fun, and then drives our story off in 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 unexpected directions because it's it's a bit um, it's a bit like opening Pandora's box. That's a hell of a tease to end on. You know, we, there's no better way to end than that. Even though I'm 28, I get lined up. The better 